All right, are we ready for segment two? Let's re recap what we've been discussing so far. Our topic is mantles, miracles, and memorials. And we are looking at um, the transference from Moses to Joshua uh, in uh, Deuteronomy and Joshua uh, and how he accepted the mantle and ran with it, basically. And he received the word of the Lord and believed him and uh, led the Israelites into the miraculous. So we have the mantle, the miracle, and the memorial. Uh, we know that the Lord parted the Jordan at its fullest capacity so that the children of Israel could step over, could cross over on dry land. And they created a memorial of stones in the middle of the Jordan to commemorate the miracle, and they took stones from the midst of the Jordan, created a memorial in Gilgal. And it was, the purpose of that was for their children, so that their children would know what God did for them, so they could ask what do these stones mean, and they could be told of the faithfulness of the Lord. And that all generations would be able to continue learning about the faithfulness of God. And what the Lord was speaking to me uh, were four key things. Number one, that there are unclaimed mantles waiting at the altar. Number two, we are suffering from an identity crisis just like the world. Number three, we are overwhelmed by inadequacies and underwhelmed by his presence. Number four, we have focused so much on acquiring information or knowledge, yet we're not any wiser. We want our answers now. <laughs> and we want God to conform to our preferences, right? Because it works best that way, correct? <laughs> and then we talked about the three levels of rejecting the mantle. Number one was reluctance questioning the Lord. Number two was resistance. And you quite literally are saying, this just really is not for me, Lord. And number three is resentment. When you have resisted and you live the rest of your life in resentment because you have clearly disobeyed the Lord. And that is a, it's not a fun, fun life to lead when you are fully aware that you have not done the will of the Lord and that you are living outside of his will. It's also a dangerous place to live, right? Uh, you've essentially stepped out from under his protection and his uh, blessing, right? I don't want to step out <laughs> ever. I want to be careful to obey the Lord and make sure that I'm just smack dab in the middle of where he wants me to be. So where do we go from here? Talking about these mantles and being unclaimed and what do we do with all of this? And most of what I'm sharing with you is going to come straight from the passage in Joshua chapter 1 where God instructed Joshua. We'll find most of what we need right there. So number one, seek the Lord in his presence. 
Seek the Lord in his presence. You know, and part of the instruction that the Lord was giving them, uh, you know, with the Ark of the Covenant and taking it into the Jordan River, there's a key phrase that he says, um, go after it. Now, he's speaking in a literal sense, like you need to follow behind it. And we know that they weren't allowed to touch it. There were ramifications for that. We won't go into all of that. But go after it. And I want to apply that to seeking the Lord in his presence. The Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God. It housed the presence of God. We need to go after it. We need to go after it. We need to pursue the Lord's presence with everything that we have. Again, not with this microwave mentality. If you've been reluctant, resistant, or resentful, it's time to repent and consecrate yourself at the altar. You've got to prepare yourself for what he wants to do in your life. And if you're unaware, if you, if you even fall into one of those categories, all you got to do is ask him, and he'll let you know. But I would venture a pretty strong guess that you already are aware of what you have uh, said no to the Lord about in your life. In fact, he's probably highlighting that right now. And we thank you for that, Lord. We invite you to highlight those areas in our lives. So seek the Lord in his presence. Number two, be strong and courageous. Simple words. <laughs> be strong and courageous. Accept the calling of the Lord and pick up the mantle. Just pick it up. It's yours. It doesn't belong to anyone else. He's waiting for you. And don't be afraid to get your feet wet. <laughs> you know, the priest had to dip their toes into the water. They didn't step into dry ground. They stepped into water. And then, as they walked further, the Lord parted the waters. And they were then stepping on dry, firm ground. Too many of us are stopping, just getting our feet wet because we're expecting to step into dry ground immediately. Some of us are getting discouraged because while our feet are wet and we're, we've stopped moving forward, we haven't experienced the miraculous yet. And we're like, what is going on? You told me to do this, nothing is happening. because you stopped when your feet got wet. But God is waiting for us to step away. He's calling us to step away from the shallow end and into the deep because that's where the miracle is waiting. That's where the miraculous is waiting for you. Don't stop at getting your feet wet. Don't stop too short of the miraculous. 
And don't be discouraged when things don't look exactly like you thought they would. You've just got to trust him and take him at his word. Number three, seek godly wisdom through his word. Meditate on his word and feed on his faithfulness. You know, he told Joshua, this book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. And then you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous. And then you will have good success. And see, we're expecting to have good success and prosper without the book of law, without meditating on his word day and night. This is a cause and effect statement here. We don't get to choose to rearrange it to suit us, right? Observe all that's written in it. Then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. Some of us don't really have a great love for the word of God, and it's evident in our lives. Clearly. But when we open his word and we began to consume his word, his promises, and we learn what he feels about us, we can say as Job, and I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Right? That's where I want to live. I want to feed on his faithfulness. I want to live out Psalm 119, 162. I rejoice at your word as one who finds great treasure. Great treasure. We've got to pursue his word along with his presence. Number four, we've got to seek godly counsel, not approval or false confirmation from those that only agree with your fear. Right? You know, Joshua didn't really go to anyone else and say, hey, what do you think about this? Right? Do you really think I'm the guy? Because I don't know. He just believed God. <laughs> it's quite a concept to just believe him. Right? Something the Lord had to teach me years ago. Because you don't need anyone else's approval to do what I've asked you to do. And sometimes we just need to keep those things to ourselves. We need to ponder it in our heart like Elizabeth did when she found out she was finally pregnant. I would imagine she would have loved to have 
gone out in the middle of the village and just shouted it from the rooftops. But she knew something within her, the Holy Spirit, no doubt, that she just needed to hold that close, protect it, ponder it in her heart. Because in about nine months, everybody was going to know anyway, right? (laughs) We don't always have to announce what the Lord is doing in our lives, do we? But we're so good at it. (laughs) We're so good at it. We're so good at posting every nugget, every revelation, (laughs) everything he's told us, plaster it all over social media, run to anybody that we know at church. This is what God told me. And what happens in that moment sometimes, you will find very quickly that you are casting your pearls before swine, right? Because not everybody is for you, right? And not everybody is hearing things from the Lord that you are. They may not have the relationship with the Lord that you have. They may not understand what you're talking about. And when they don't understand, that's when fear generally takes over. And then they begin to feed your fear and your reluctance and your resistance. So seek godly counsel. And what do I mean by that? You know, if, if you're not sure who you should be sharing this with or you really just have questions, maybe the Lord is asking you to step into something. You have no clue how to proceed. Uh, our pastors are a great place to start. But you can ask the Lord to reveal, Lord, who do I need to go to with this? Who can I trust? I need, I need to surround myself with some uh, believers with risky faith, I'll call it, risky faith. You can glean from these people how to believe the Lord. And they can share with you stories of their own memorials, the stones that they've picked up from the middle of the miraculous, and spur you on, right? You want to get around people that are living out Psalm 37, 25, who can say, I was young and now I am old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. Those are the people you need to surround yourself with. Number five, remember that the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He knows you've never been this way before. He said that to Joshua. You've never been this way before. Follow my presence. He'll never abandon you. He said he'd never leave or forsake us. He will never call you to do something and then expect you to do it without him. It's not going to happen. He'll never leave you. And number six, you've got to start living 
like he is actually your portion. Right? His grace truly is sufficient. It's actually more than enough. You're not going to run out. And my Bible says his goodness and mercy follows me all the days of my life. That's not running out either. Amen? Psalm 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And the Hebrew word for portion in that scripture literally means inheritance. He is our prize, our inheritance right now. Not just in eternity, but right now we can enjoy our inheritance of the Lord right now. There is goodness now. And you know, he also calls us his inheritance. How beautiful is that? That he looks at us and says, that's who I get. That's who I get. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So we've got to pick up the mantle. We've got to seek the Lord and ask him, well, what am I missing? I don't want to miss out on what you have for me. I don't want to miss out on the miracle that's waiting in the middle of the Jordan. And you might say, Shelly, but you don't understand. <laughs> There's just too much at stake. You don't understand what he's asking me to do. I can't afford to do what he's asking me to do. <laughs> How many of you know that Obeying the Lord in the impossible, the seemingly impossible. It's a faith walk within a faith walk, within a faith walk, within a faith walk, within a faith walk. It is layers of lessons of the Lord's faithfulness and trusting him. And a lot of times there's this financial aspect I understand that of whatever he's asking you to do, maybe it's giving up your full-time job to go into full-time ministry, and you don't have a clue what that looks like. And you're Googling pay structure, and it's like, hmm, <laughs> this is not for me. I can't keep up my standard of living. There's too much at stake. I can't afford this. I have a family. I can't afford to do this. He's asking too much. But the Lord says you can't afford not to. You can't afford not to. Your children are watching. We must understand that the mantle is not just about us. The miracles and the memorials aren't just for us. It's for our children and our grandchildren. They cannot learn from memorials that aren't built. 
And whether you are purposeful or not, you are teaching your children about faith. What have they learned from you? What have they learned from you? Have they learned to trust the Lord when it's too risky to step out in obedience? Or have they learned that it's safest to stay in enemy-occupied territory, in their comfort zone? What have they learned? What will they have to look back on when you're gone? What legacy have you left for them? This is so much greater than ourselves. And we've been selfishly living nearsighted for too long. God is asking us to be farsighted and cast our vision beyond ourselves into the supernatural. It's time to pick it up. It's time to pick up the mantle. And I'm so thankful for the legacy that's behind me of ministry and prayer and intercession. And I could spend all night talking about stories of my parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. And I, as I've grown up, I have recognized how rare and valuable it is to have that legacy behind me, to have that heritage, that spiritual heritage behind me. I've got plenty to glean from. I've got plenty of memorials behind me to look at and ask about. But at some point I have to start picking up my own stones. I've got to start building my own memorials. And some of you may say, but Shelly, I didn't have godly parents or grandparents who built memorials and legacy for me. But the Lord said, you may not have legacy behind you, but I'm building legacy in you. And it starts when you pick it up. It starts when you pick it up. I'm building it in you for your children and your grandchildren. Maybe you might say, you don't understand what God is asking me to do. It's not in my top 10 strengths. <laughs> it's way at the bottom, and I don't know if I can move it up. We have got to remember, oh, we have a top nine through the Holy Spirit. We've got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We have access to what we need. You know, discipline may not be in my top ten strengths, but the Holy Spirit gives me access to self-control. All I have to do is lean into him. Maybe positivity is not in your top 10 strengths. But you have access to joy, unspeakable and full of glory. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Romans 8.11 says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. 
dwells in you, dwells in us, and it will quicken your mortal bodies, meaning he's going to raise us from death to life, right? If we can trust him to raise us from the dead, we can trust him to quicken within us (laughs) the fruit of the spirit that we need in the moment that we need it. He can quicken to us what we need. Why don't we trust him for that? Why don't we trust him? The Holy Spirit is our teacher, is our helper, our comforter. We have access to everything that we need. God has equipped us for every good work. It's time to pick it up. It's time to pick it up. Father, we just bless your name tonight. We thank you for your faithfulness to all generations. And Lord, we just surrender ourselves to you now. And we say, Lord, come, Holy Spirit, reveal what's hidden in our hearts. Reveal yourself to us, Lord. Show us where we have not trusted you enough. Lord, help our unbelief. Help us to pick up the mantle that you have laid before us. Help us to step out from the shallow end to the deep end so that our eyes can see the miraculous unfold. Not because we need it. Not because we want the glory, but because you deserve the glory. So Father, we just declare tonight that we trust you. We believe you. And we will take you at your word because you are not a man that you should lie to your children. We love you tonight, Lord, and we thank you for your word to us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.